This program is brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication, which is comprised of five schools, each offering a variety of majors and programs for students who want to pursue communication-related careers. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. Spectrum features conversations with an eclectic group of people. Some are famous and some aren't, but the common thread is that they all have captivating stories. Today we're talking with Lucia Walensis. She's the executive director of Eye on Ohio, the Ohio Center for Investigative Journalism. She's an experienced reporter who is part of a movement across the nation to bring top-flight investigative reporting to the grassroots. She tells us how this group links with other grassroots news operations as part of the Institute for Nonprofit News to bring investigative reports about local, regional, and statewide issues to a broader segment of the public. Ion Ohio is the Ohio Center for Investigative Journalism, and we're a new nonprofit. Um, we're part of the Investigative News Network. So how it works is, you know, we pay them a certain fee. They are our tech support. Um, they make things look great on our website, on mobile as well. And they have a lot of resources for all of their affiliates. Um, there's over 120 affiliates. Um, some of them publish daily. Some of them publish weekly, some of them publish quarterly. They do things on behalf of everybody. So for example, we have a relationship. It's a collaborative and everybody can use the other person's copy? With, exactly. With credit. Well, course, well right. um, not uh, that they use everybody else's copy, but you know, for example, they have a business manager um, who helps everybody, who certainly helped me out a lot. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm so not. support staff. Exactly, exactly. And um, they also, uh, every fall, there's so far uh, for the last few, um, and hopefully there'll be one coming up uh, here at the end of uh, 2018. They have uh, what's called a news match campaign. So whatever funds that we raise, um, they have a separate fund uh, from the Knight Foundation, from the Democracy Fund, and from a few other places. So whatever we raise as our uh, personal affiliate, um, they're able to match those funds as well. So they're really key um, in terms of you know supporting us. Uh, from a tech perspective, supporting us from a business perspective, and also supporting us, you know, just sort of getting the word out and, and drumming up enthusiasm. Are these generally uh, the members? Are they generally state organizations, urban organizations, metro areas? Uh, sort of give us an idea of who belongs. Um, most of them are just based on on state or, or city organizations. Um, you know, some of them, uh, Energy News, um, there's a food network. Um, you know, some of them are just topical. Chalkbeat does a great job on education. Um, but really, a lot of them are local, and they're kind of bringing that local uh, investigative news back. Um, the VT Digger does a great job. Um, iNews Source, uh, the Texas Tribune. And um, so, you know, uh, we're actually the largest state <laughs> in terms of population to not have an INN outlet uh, regularly publishing until 2018. So it's definitely needed here in Ohio. And it's, you know, we kind of see that um, coming as a trend uh, coming up. How do you raise money and do it ethically? And 
make sure that you're not raising money from people that you might want to cover. And it, whenever you're in, in, in the investigative world, it's tough because you have to second guess who you're receiving funds from, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, the key part to that is to have clear rules. Um, we put them on our website. We don't receive any money to uh, to publish stories. Uh, unfortunately, you know, some people will think, oh, well, you're funded by so-and-so. So I'm like, no, 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 you can't, <laughs> you can't pay to have a story on our website. That is, that is not how it works. Um, now, we have some uh, places that might say, hey, you know, we want a, a reporter here. And, you know, we're looking into that, you know, uh, possibly having a reporter, um, you know, in one particular city um, to cover that city a little bit better. Um, or, for example, Oklahoma Watch has a some grants to cover uh, mental health education. Um, and, you know, they, so they keep it in that broad scope of, um, you know, it, to a particular topic. Um, and not to a, um, you know, not to actually mm-hmm. <laughs> going after a particular person. Right. Um, so, you know, that's really uh, key for us, especially as a smaller organization. Um, you know, our credibility is in every story that we write. So, um, so it's really important to us that we, um, you know, we disclose all our donors. We have our 990 that we post on GuideStar and so on and so forth. Uh, so transparency and, and also limiting uh, where we can get funds from. How do you, uh, well, before we get to that, you have a board of directors. How did that mm-hmm. come about? How were those members selected? Talk about that. Oh, absolutely. This has been um, in the works for years and years. I mean, this is a collaborative effort uh, from people throughout the whole state. Um, so we have our board of trustees, which is smaller, which is um about five people, and you know they've set the policy, and you know they're required to go to the board meetings, and and so on and so forth. And then we have our advisory board. Um, so their job is to uh, basically garner support, uh, both financial and enthusiasm-wise. Um, they're the people who are out there, who are coming to our fundraisers, who are, um, you know, who are telling their friends. <laughs> Um, you know, about our mission and about how important it is um, to support investigative journalism in the state. You had experience in various news organizations, um, especially newspapers. How does what you're doing now differ from that, and how is it similar to that? Oh, absolutely. So, um, the great part is, you know, we're not necessarily going after the fires and the floods. You know, we're trying to see why are there fires, and why are there saying, floods. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Because you get tired of doing that after a while. Exactly. So, you know, the good news is um, we have more story ideas than honestly we could ever handle. And, um, you know, I mean, that's a big part of why we exist in the first place. Um, People have been really great about giving us tips and about working together. Um, you know, a big part of why we're here is we're trying to explain to to media outlets, you know, we're not here to compete with you. Um, we're here to collaborate with you. And, and a lot of them have been very supportive and have, you know, kind of helped us out. Like, hey, I have this beat where... I work every day, and I know that I know that there's something going on here, and there's there's more to this story, and I need someone to kind of look into it more. Um, so we have a bit more time to to go into that and and see, you know, what are the underlying causes of that? How can we 
um, you know, look at this quantitatively and, and kind of put that together into a story. Newspapers, cutting staffs, especially newspapers, broadcast too, but newspapers cutting staffs significantly. If you have a beat, you, you sometimes have more than one beat. And so you're out there doing the daily grind of the daily stories just to keep up, right? And and you don't always have the time or the resources to invest in long range. Oh, absolutely. Stories. And, you know, for example, um, you know, the Cincinnati Inquirer, I mean, they just won a Pulitzer Prize. They did. And they're doing fabulous work, and I'm certainly never going to replace them. But, I mean, they're a quarter of the size that they once were. I mean, there's so many stories out there that just, um, you know, aren't being told because there just aren't enough people um, to tell them. Um, the, sorry, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, uh, according to their uh, studies, uh, journalists are down 39 percent between 2004 and, and 2016. Um, you know, Spotlight has been in the news a lot recently. You know, they won a Pulitzer, they won an Oscar, um, but, you know, the Boston Globe investigative team is half the size that it was in t- 2003. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's a big reason why there's this push toward um, toward nonprofit news, because people are starting to realize the value that they provide, that civic value. Um, you know, they want transparency. Um, you know, obviously, Ohio has a $32 billion budget. Where does all that money go? Is that all spent correctly? Is there ways that we could um, spend it better? Um, So in 2017, uh, Nonprofit News raised a record uh, $33 million, which is great. Uh, But the most exciting part is that a lot more people are starting to to realize the value of news. Um, So out of the 200,000 donors, uh, give or take, in that campaign, uh, last year we actually had 42,000 new donors. Uh, to INN, so that is that and that's is nationally again. That's nationally yeah. again. That's that's not us. <laughs> we just <laughs> your eyes light up. <laughs> we're quite new. Yes. No, that would be nice. If we had part of that, but um, you know, so that's that's really key. Is is you know, kind of going out and and um, you know, spreading the word of of just how important that this is. How new are, are you? How new is your organization? So, you know, it started as a roundtable amongst reporters in 2012. Um, and uh, in 2014, they formed a 501c3. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of paperwork involved. And <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> very important to, you know, uh, to be that um, uh, organization that, that can, uh, you know, solicit funds and, and so forth. And, um, and then, uh, you know, we started regularly publishing um, in 2018. Um, so I just started in January, so this is very new. Um, we just started publishing uh, original content uh, regularly in, in February. And, um, you know, so not only am I, you know, fundraising, reporting, and, um, you know, a big part of what I'm doing is is trying to build up those relationships uh, amongst the local media um, because, you know, they're key to our success. Um, and, you know, our relationship is more like public library to... <laughs> to, uh, you know, a traditional bookseller, you know, we're right. not here to, to put them out of business. We're here to, to supplement them and, and to have a, a free and open way for people to get uh, great journalism. Now, you, you say you publish. Is all the publication um, 
on the website or do news outlets publish your work as well? How does that work? So we have, um, basically we have a partnership uh, agreement um, and you know, if, as long as they cite to us, um, places can publish, you know, on their, um, either on their newspaper, you know, on the radio, um, what, what have you, as long as they uh, cite back to us. Now, everything that appears in the newspaper uh, also appears on our website. Um, you know, even if that's a pay site, uh, it appears on our website for free. Um, so that's, that's obviously a key benefit there. And uh, we also have an agreement um, with um, a bunch of Midwest publishers called Amplify. Um, also, most of them are, are INN outlets. Um, so we can publish uh, their work, obviously citing them on our site, and they can publish uh, for us um, on our site, um, which doesn't happen as often as I would like, because obviously most of them are local, um, so they not, might not always have an Ohio story. But, you know, for example, um, you know, a, an energy story that talks about fracking in Ohio, you know, I would publish that. And, uh, you know, they would, if I had an, an Ohio story about fracking, I would publish sure. that, um, you know, on the, on the energy news site. So. so when you publish a, a story, how long does it stay there on the website? Do you rotate daily? So if somebody's looking at your website, how often should they come back to your website? Yeah, I mean, it, it stays up there. We don't take it down. But, um, you know, uh, one of the things that we have in the works, we'd like to get a newsletter together to kind of push things out weekly. Um, so, uh, you know, we're not looking for clicks. We're kind of different from your traditional website, which wants to suck you in with a terrible story that has a great headline. <laughs> um, so, you know, so it's, you're not pop culture. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so our goal is to have a great story that people actually say, wow, you know, I want to share this um, with my friends um, because, you know, there's a lot of statistics out there, um, you know, saying that that's how a lot of people get their news nowadays. You know, they, they see it on social media. They want to share it um, and not necessarily that, um, you know, that uh, story that's that's there for the quick hit. You have a social media presence, obviously. Uh, how integral is that into what you do or to drive traffic to what you do? Well, it's definitely important, um, and it's going to be much more important uh, going forward. You know, most people don't go to a, a homepage now. Um, right. They go, they, to, they go to an article uh, directed by something. Exactly. Some sort of aggregator, you know, a Twitter, right. a Facebook, a, um, uh, you know, a Google News, something that, uh, you know, puts things together for them in some sort of format. So um, our uh, distribution, honestly, is mostly um, the newspapers and the um, and the, you know, radio and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, we have a story um, and, you know, we offer it to a website. Um, you know, right now they're, um, that, you know, that particular newspaper has a much larger distribution than, than we have. And that's fine because, you know, we're still getting our story out there. Sure. Um, and, you know, we're a nonprofit. We're not making money off of it anyway. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's basically um, how it works. Um, you know, obviously we, we encourage them to donate, but they don't have to. Um, so, you know, they get their uh, 
you know, hopefully they get a great story from us that they can mm-hmm. put on their website. Um, and, you know, that sort of drives traffic back to us. How, because you deal from a website, um, how multimedia are you in your approach to stories? We try to be as multimedia as possible. Um, you know, a lot of what we do is with data, uh, which, you know, kind of lends itself very well to graphics, to um, to Tableau, to, to things that, you know, you can embed and sort of look through and, and uh, cycle. And um, so, you know, that's really important part of, of what we do um, is, you know, from the visual standpoint. But, you know, if a newspaper wants to run something um, with their own local, uh, picture that's fine too. Um, you know we don't uh, mandate that they have that art. Uh, you say you do a lot with data. Um, a lot of small town newspapers can't afford to do that. Um, even a few large newspapers in Ohio can't afford to do it as much as they would like to do it. Mm-hmm. Is part of your vision to become sort of the big data repository of, of news? Oh, hopefully. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it looks, um, you know, it, it's a great way of looking at a problem quantitatively. Um, and I'll give you an example. Yeah, I, um, uh, you know, I got a tip that a, um, basically the Oklahoma City evictions court was very slanted, and I got this from a lawyer. And uh, but uh, I mean, as much as I love lawyers, lawyers also think a lot of themselves. So, <laughs> so <laughs> really, I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be yeah. honest. So I, you know, I go down there to check it out, and um, you know, uh, the lawyer, the I'm sorry, the the judge says some very colorful things about tenants, um, and. So I think, wow, there's there's really something to this. I think that they might be biased uh, toward landlords. Um, but again, I, I can't prove that. You know, I went to, I saw the court one day and, you know, the judge said some colorful things. That's not um, sort of quantitatively uh, correct. But, you know, it, it kind of gives a good indication that, that this could be happening. But um, you don't want to just do a snapshot piece of, exactly. of, of that day. Exactly. You want to look at bigger... <laughs> bigger scope. Exactly. So, you know, using data journalism, I was able to go through 5,000 court records and actually, you know, get a great sample of, um, you know, because all those judges, they uh, take turns doing that particular docket. Um, You know, we're looking at different times of the year. We're looking at different judges and, you know, trying to see uh, and also take out because most times, you know, either the landlord doesn't show up and the tenant wins or the tenant doesn't show up and the landlord wins. So taking those out. Um, so we looked at just the contested cases um, and the landlord won 95% of the time. Um, so, you know, by going through and kind of getting um, that hard data, we're able to to confirm a hunch <laughs> that this is going on, that, uh, you know, this particular court uh, might be biased one way or another. Um, so it's um, it takes a lot of time and um, but yes, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, especially smaller outlets, outlets that are more strapped, um, hopefully they can, you know, use our resources and, and um, you know, we can look deeper into those kind of stories. We'll be back after this message. 
The Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University seeks to not only educate its students about today's communication industry, but to produce innovative leaders. These leaders will shape the future of communication and its methods of delivery in a rapidly changing technological landscape. Scripps provides leadership in communication by preparing students to be effective and responsible communicators in a global society and by advancing the field through creative activity and research on communication concepts, issues, and problems. The Scripps College of Communication fosters multicultural awareness within a diverse community. It strives to create a climate of civility where leadership and innovation are prized and responsibility and accountability are understood. The college values curriculum, research, and creative activity that provides benefits to people regionally, nationally, and globally. You can learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. So I assume a lot of what you do and a lot of what you will be doing involves public records. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, and <laughs> Ohio, at least historically, was one of the more liberal states in providing public records. Uh, it, it's It's sort of like um, abortion laws. It keeps getting chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. Um, But how have you found Ohio compared to other states that you've worked in? Well, obviously, I'm I'm quite new to the state. um, But just from a legal perspective, it looks very exciting. Um, The attorney general has... um, basically, you know, written a manual on... Yeah, it's published every year exactly. with updated case law. How good is that? Right? I mean, I, I can't ask for anything more, <laughs> honestly. Right. And um, so y- from a legal perspective, it's great. Um, procedurally, it's a little bit easier. You know, you can do the writ of mandamus versus having to do a whole um, lawsuit. Um, uh, for, just from a data gathering perspective, it's mm-hmm. a little more challenging um, for example, Oklahoma, they have everything on their website. Uh, they have one state website. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, Ohio has um, every several. Off, every public office has their own website, it seems. Exactly. And Ohio does a lot of things by county. Um, so that has made things quite a bit more challenging in terms of getting records just because um, – I have to ask so many more people. <laughs> and for people who don't know Ohio, Ohio has 88 different counties. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it makes it even more of a challenge. So that's, you know, um, 88 different FOIA requests that I have to file. Um, so that's definitely one of our projects is going to be going forward, um, is trying to, to aggregate that data, um, the legal data. But just in general, um, absolutely, it's... it's um, it's a challenge, but I think legally it's uh, it's very promising. Do you work in combination with or consult with people like the Ohio News Association? It used to be the Ohio Newspaper Association, but it's changed its name. Uh, do you work in concert with some of those groups? Yes. Um, I went to their um, annual meeting in, uh, I believe it was uh, January or February. I can't remember now. 
Um, so that's definitely a great way to for me to meet people. Um, I didn't want to just, I guess, join them and spam everyone and say, here's a story. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I didn't work for Oklahoma Watch, but I freelance for them. And I think one of the great assets that they have is they have great relationships with all the local newspapers. So what I wanted to do is, um, and it takes more time, you know, I've been over to Cincinnati, I've been up to Cleveland, I've been, you know, going to um, the dispatch here in Columbus. Uh, you know, a big part of, of what I do is is forming those relationships and, and meeting people in person and sort of explaining who we are and, and what we do. And I found a lot of more traction. <laughs> Uh, you know, once someone actually meets you and, and knows Puts a you, face and with what what's going on, exactly. Right? Then you know they're a little bit more on board than just who is a stranger who emailed me off a listserv and <laughs> and suddenly wants to give me things. What's so, going on? So, talk to our audience about a kind of story that you might look at. You know, what what are the types of stories that? might be attractive to your organization? Oh, absolutely. Um, for example, a story I'm working on right now, um, uh, ProPublica, which is another INN right. um, outlet, uh, so kind of t- shows you a little bit more of the collaboration. Um, they um, were able to, they did a, a Python package um, that looks at all the IRS. Um, a Python package. Correct. Explain to, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> explain to the average person what that is. I, I guess I should back up. A, a separate nonprofit um, actually sued the IRS and said, you, you have all these 990s, but they're not in machine-readable format. And um, you need to, we need to have this in some sort of format that looks at um, exactly, you know, so I can search and, and do so many other things versus here's a scanned PDF. Go look yeah. at that. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's... Um, uh, so anyway, long story short, uh, they uh, a judge agreed with them, <laughs> and they were able to uh, have all this data that was that was not readable before. Um, I think it's like 1.3 million records or, or something crazy like that, and um, and now uh, ProPublica has developed a, a coding resource <laughs> okay. that enables. Um, other outlets to look at. Um, I mean, th- with 1.3 million records, that's clearly more than any one um, person. I, you would sure. be doing it till the for 10 years if right. you looked at them yourself. Um, so, you know, we're looking at those, just the Ohio ones, and seeing, um, you know, if there's anything interesting in there. Um, and, um, you know, it, which nonprofits are lobbying the government, uh, which are not, you know, who do it the most? Who do it the most successfully, <laughs> and and that kind of thing. So that would that would be uh, interesting. There, um, I did another story on. Uh, we looked at uh, the city of Cincinnati um, releases their uh, suspected overdose data, um, and we said, you know, why aren't other counties doing this? And you know, some of them are. Some of them, uh, for example, Dayton just does it off of the coroner's records. Montgomery County, city of Dayton. Exactly. And um, other, others do it from the emergency room, um, which uh, is good too, you know, but it's, uh, you know, they might not necessarily go to the emergency room if they've overdosed. Um, but even then, you know, the 911 call data 
isn't uh, isn't perfect either, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, they could have just had a heart attack, and we don't know because they were unconscious, so they tried to revive them. So you know, uh, we kind of looked at at what are the the counties that are actively you know trying to share the most information. Why aren't other counties doing that? So that was really interesting to to see. Um, some of them said that's a great idea. I wish that we did that. I want to start on that. Others thought I was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? You know. <laughs> Why would I, I paint our county in that light? You exactly. Know, that kind of exactly. And um, uh, we did another story. Um, you know, we looked at school shootings. Um, uh, obviously, with the Parkland. Uh, um, shooting and, and other school shootings that have happened around the country. You know, what what can we do in Ohio? What are some counties? And again, it was it was kind of a very similar thing. Some counties um, they had very different responses. Some said we'll buy a lot of uh, gun safes and we'll have safes all over the school. Um, and others said, um, you know, we really want to concentrate on you know improving our mental health funding and, and reaching out to students. Um, so that was interesting as well to kind of see the very um, varied responses from, from all over the state. How big a staff do you have? Or are you sort of a one-woman band here <laughs> <laughs> that does everything? Well, obviously, you know, it's, this is very sure. new. So right. I am a one-woman band uh, for now. Um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, we are in talks with uh, several foundations. I don't. I don't want to promise anything, no, especially no, no. not over the air. Sure. <laughs> that we're going to get funding um, for those things, but you know, several have have expressed uh, interest. I'm actually interviewing three interns today, and and one next week. Um, you know, so we'll have them as well. And um, you know, so it's it's very exciting. Uh, it's definitely growing, but we're definitely still some very small. <laughs> I have to ask because our listeners, uh, I know, will pick up that you're a lawyer, mm-hmm. uh, you're a journalist. Um, we see a lot of those in Washington uh, and some in New York, but rarely do we see those in the heartland. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that combination and how that works. I think it's a great combination. Well, I guess I would be biased, but um, – you know, being a lawyer and being a journalist, uh, you're trying to figure out what the truth is from uh, a bunch of people, and they could all be lying to you. <laughs> 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 Frankly, um, you know, I think it's a great training to see, um, first of all, just from an evidence basis, you know, mm-hmm. why do you know what you know? How do you know what you know? Is there a way that you can get a better uh, source on that? Um, so I think it's a great training there. Um, two, from a media law perspective, um, it's sad to say, but a lot of places now, um, and this is a complaint that I get from a lot of the other affiliates, um, you know, they're scared because they file a FOIA and, you know, that particular institution says, you know, I'm sorry, I can't get this, um, knowing that, you know, that particular outlet doesn't have the time or the resources to hire a lawyer to fight that particular. And even though you may eventually get your attorney fees paid, not always, and you they don't front the money. You've got yeah. to front the money to, to get there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so number three, um, just from a gathering information perspective, um, I love it when people tell me, well, I can't legally give that to you. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, exactly. I'm like, well, what does the statute say? Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, so that kind of helps too, um, you know, in terms of, of actually getting that information. And then uh, four, <laughs> just the nature of my job. You know, I'm I'm doing journalism, but a big part of what I do is is compliance, is paperwork, is you know, filing the taxes and and um, all the things that you would have to hire outside counsel to do. Exactly, if, if you we're not um, able to do that. Right, writing contracts and and so on and so forth. So so that just helps me out from a business perspective. Um, so yes, I, I mean, I use something I use every day. <laughs> sure. Um, my, my law degree, but uh, is not necessarily, uh, you know, I'm practicing law, so. So what's next for, let's start regionally. What's next for Ion Ohio? Uh, what's your game plan for the next reasonable period of time? Oh, absolutely. My goal is to is to uh, basically emulate and, and turn into one of you know one of the more successful INN outlets. Um, I think that uh, you know the Texas Tribune does a great job, but realistically, <laughs> they're they're publishing every day, and and um, that's not going to be us unless we have. And they uh, have a staff. <laughs> exactly, they have sixty reporters or right. staff or something like that. Um, you know, so our goal is to be more like Oklahoma Watch. Um, you know, Oklahoma is a quarter of the size of Ohio in terms of population. And, um, you know, they have, I think, 10 reporters or they have a pretty good staff. Um, and they do great work. And, and the work that they've done, um, you know, really makes a difference there um, in Oklahoma. So that's something that I would like to do. Um, the Institute for Nonprofit News actually publishes every year. Um, they have a list, and this is just, you know, each <laughs> each uh, particular outlet and, you know, some of the great stuff that they've done. And, you know, this is just highlights, and then this is 12 pages long. I could never yeah. read this all in air. Um, but it's kind of great. You know, they, they go into the best nonprofit journalism of, of 2017. Um, so the Connecticut Mirror, looking at people who haven't saved for retirement, um, you know, they looked into the benefit plans there. Um, Florida Bulldog, you know, going into seeking FBI records uh, for the Saudi support network. Um, Pine Tree Watch, uh, you know, prompted a legislative inquiry about the spending of hundreds of million dollars uh, by main power options. Um, you know, the Center for Investigative Reporting, which is in um, California, did a great story recently on on redlining. Um, so obviously, you know, we're here to to take a deeper look, and you know, our goal is to to move the needle and to have people advancing the um, advancing the conversation of you know why are we doing this and, and why are we not doing this. And on a national level. Uh, People might be listening to this and say, don't I get this by, you know, reading the Washington Post and New York Times? Uh, this is really stuff that digs deep more on a local regional level, whether you're in Texas, Oklahoma, or, or Ohio, right? It's, it's less national politics and more local and regional and oh, statewide. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and really, you know, I think this past election has really – sort of, I guess, opened the the can of worms of is parachuting, parachute journalism even good? You know, maybe we should 
be going more towards the reporters who are there all all day, every day. And, and um, that, for people who don't understand, is people who just drop in, do a story, and then <laughs> disappear. <laughs> and, and we get that uh, uh, a lot in, in uh, this region uh, from people who drop in from the East Coast and, and maybe stay a day, an hour, a, a week, and, and then disappear. Absolutely. So that's, you know, why we rely on our, our network of, of local media to to help us out with, with local stories. And, and uh, you know, hopefully going forward, we can, um, you know, find this stuff in the future. Um, I'll give you an example. Sure. Washington Post did a great story on um, uh, civil asset forfeiture. Um, so if you're not familiar with that, um, for example, if the police catch you with, you know, a whole lot of uh, cash. Um, they might assume that that's for drugs and um, and sort of take that money. So they might take the... your car. They might take your house. They might take your bank accounts. Uh, <laughs> all, all, anything that they can trace uh, reasonably from the accumulation of that money. Is, would that be right? Exactly. And uh, But, I mean, Oklahoma Watch has done a lot of great stories on that. Um, and, you know, the, the patterns of, uh, you know, pulling people over um, and, you know, they even broke a story on the uh, police now using, um, uh, I forget what the name of it is, but basically it takes a debit card and it takes all the money off of it. Um, so, you know, that story coming out <laughs> prompted the governor to, to look into even using those at all. Um, so, you know, it, it's... Uh, kind of keeping an eye on on, on those local stories that, that make a difference. Well, best of luck, uh, your fledgling organization, oh, but thank uh, you. Uh, a new and, and exciting. And, and these are, if you, uh, for the listeners, if you haven't piped in to uh, your local or statewide investigative group, uh, where would somebody go to find out if they have something like this in their area? Oh, sure. So if you go on inn.org, that's, that's the investigative news network. Well, they the... actually changed their name. They okay. used to be the Investigative News Network. Um, they're now the Institute for Nonprofit News. Okay. Uh, most of them are investigative outlets, um, but some of them do energy news or food. Or so if you go to their website? Mm -hmm. um, so on inn.org, they have a really great site. Um, they have a member directory. You can search by state. You can search on a map. Um, and they also have, you know, you know, so what uh, highlights of what their members have done as well. And if somebody, an average person out there says, you know, this question's just been bugging me. Uh, and it's not really a news tip, but it's a, a question. Mm -hmm. uh, can they direct those to, to you and other people across the nation? Oh, uh, absolutely. Is that how you sometimes get your tips on what to look at? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of over the electronic transom, right? <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Again, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. I hope for your organization grows it. and flourishes. Thank you. Today, we've been talking with Lucia Walensis about the role of nonprofit newsrooms in this highly competitive media environment. Spectrum is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our producer. 
I'm your host, Tom Hodson. Please subscribe to Spectrum at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or at NPR One. Spectrum also is available at the NPR Podcast Directory. We welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or review it. If you have questions or comments about any of our podcasts, please direct them to me by email at hodson at ohio.edu. That's hodson, H-O-D-S-O-N, at ohio.edu.